You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we explore things happening beneath the surface of music and technology. I'm Dimitri Vitsa, your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that focuses on music and tech and music tech. And I'm joined today by my colleague, the wonderful Jade Preboy. How are you doing, Jade? Great, Dimitri. Thanks for having me today. We had such a good time together at NAM, our first NAM. Yeah, we did. The uh, National Association of Music Merchandisers, I believe is what it stands for. Yep. Um, so we thought we'd spend this episode just kind of giving uh, our, our wonderful listeners an insight into what we saw there, how it went, what our experience was going there for the first time. And keeping an eye out for what we thought was kind of interesting and innovative, right? That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so Anaheim, that's where Disneyland is. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the expo is actually right across from Disneyland and, um, we didn't really go to Disneyland, but that's, that's something that people do sometimes when they're there. Yeah. A friend, a friend, um, a colleague in the, in the music industry told me that they usually go there and spend a day. I didn't know that was a thing for adults, but apparently it is. I've only gone as a, as a kid or with kids. Yeah. I was, uh, the last time I was in Disneyland, I was 10 years old and all the pictures of, of me and my brother, I don't look like I'm having fun, but <laughs> I remember it as being fun. Yeah. You could kind of just see the backdrop, just the, like a couple of mountains over the edge of this wall where you, you sort of got a sense that you were, you were seeing the stuff you weren't supposed to see from the Anaheim Convention Center, which is humongous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I walked into the, what I thought was the main conference hall. That turned out to be the smallest of the exhibiting halls. Um, I could <laughs> you kept not saying believe... that. I'm in the main hall. I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. The, the main hall, I mean, how many football fields? Yeah, it must have been three or four. Yeah, at least. I think, I can't remember. Somebody tell us how many square feet it was. Was it like a million square feet? <laughs> I can't remember. Somewhere between 8,000 and 800,000. <laughs> <laughs> to be exact, <laughs> that place was huge. And the, yeah, so I mean, not to sound like a total like conference newbie. Come on. We've both been to South by Southwest many times. Um, you've been to CES. I've been to NAB, uh, also in very big convention centers as well. Uh, but to see these things filled with music and musical instruments and gear and software, it was like heaven. <laughs> it was great. It was really cool getting to play around on all the new instruments um, a lot of companies out there innovating in the in the MIDI space in the beat making space. Um, it was really cool. It was a cool show. Everybody there wasn't someone there wasn't anyone there who was irrelevant. It was every everybody was totally you know worth our time and and it was cool. It was cool. It was, we met a lot of people and and uh, had a blast. Yeah. So there's the huge exhibit hall. Then there's another exhibit hall. North. What was that thing called? I can't remember the North. AC or something, AC North or something well, like that. Well, the ACC North was the small one. Yeah, exactly. was the big one. <laughs> and then you also have the Hilton and the Marriott all connected through this kind of courtyard system. And there's stages out. There's a huge stage outside um, and stages in the hotels. And then you went to some sessions in some of the hotels as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to a cool uh, cloud session and uh, another metadata session. Both were great. Yeah. Um, but the bulk of our time was really just walking the trade floor. Yeah. You could spend, you could spend the whole conference walking the trade floor and still not see everything. 
Right. That's that true. Big. That's true. And we tried to see everything, but uh, even after what, like five days, we still, you know, there were, there were pockets. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we do PR for music technology companies, so we weren't seeking out the guitar strings or the guitar straps. And in fact, at one point, we found ourselves in the drum section. <laughs> In, 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 uh, in between all the symbols, yeah. Yeah, the symbols, yes. It was a cacophony of symbols. And <laughs> people were having a great time. And it looked like, yeah, if I wanted to test out some symbols, this would be pretty pretty insane and pretty cool. And, you know, there's something like 100,000 people that go to this. So obviously, a lot of them are musicians checking out gear, what you know, what they might want to buy. But there's tons of other people attending um, from the industry, a lot of studio folks, a lot of live performance folks. And this is their chance to kind of see what are the new products that are rolling out or maybe they've expanded their um, their job description and they need to look into additional things. So there's uh, sections with, uh, well, there was one section with a fog machine where I, I was just like, I can't breathe over here. That was kind of near the DJ section, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which has apparently gotten much bigger. Um, what people were saying in the past years, that section was, you know, barely a room and now it's, you know, a football, football field size area that's just dedicated to DJs and that craft. And so that was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing that was kind of, I guess one of my first takeaways or observations about NAM was that there's no easy way to navigate what are the innovative things at the event overall. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's all mixed together. Um, and you have a lot of imp companies that are importing things that aren't quite necessarily in tune with what's happening in the market now, like those Remember we saw those hung drums, which were very popular like five years ago or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there were lots of like kind of knockoff sort of those. It's like, well, that looks like fun to play. You play I'm like, ah, it doesn't sound as good as what I thought it was supposed to sound like. Um, and so it's really, it's really quite a hodgepodge, which makes it kind of hard to navigate like, okay, where's the, where's the cool stuff? Where's the, the innovative um, technology, both the gear and the software. And so we kind of had to kind of dig around until we found the, the pockets of where that stuff was. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, the innovators in the, in the MIDI kind of controller space, there's a lot of stuff going on there with, um, with just different textures of instruments. I mean, we're all used to a keyboard that's, you know, maybe it's weighted, um, but now what about a keyboard that's squishy? That's kind of a different thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. What was that? What was that company that had those, uh, um, tradable surfaces? Um, I'm going to, I know I'm going to butcher the name, but I think it's Jewy. It's J O U E or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They, that was cool. And they weren't fully there. They were represented by some, somebody else that was kind of like distributing or, or demonstrating their equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the, um, I mean, that's one category of things that we found were kind of expressive gear um, for keyboards mostly where you could kind of manipulate the sounds outside of the keyboard outside of the more traditional joystick or jog wheel that you'd see on a keyboard and that that sort of had that feel to it um, and then there was the touche yeah the expressive e yeah touche that was that was cool um, it operates not only on a, on an x and y axis but also pressure sensitive you know uh, up and down so you have you know, additional two parameters that you can work with you can kind of slap it, move it back and forth side to side. And it was, it and was you could slide on the surface for another up and down as well. Nice. Yeah. So you could, it was almost like a, it looked like a pedal for your hand. So you could press your heel down or your fingers down and then left and right press down. But then you also, like Jade said, you add pressure and then also the slide motion and you could go into the software and change all of those. I think it said there were eight separate parameters. Yeah, and it kind of responded like a vocoder. 
where you could hold down a chord with your right hand on the keyboard and then with your left hand you could slap or move the the touche device and then it would trigger the the chord so in a, in in terms of how a vocoder works it was kind of similar yeah that that was cool um i'm trying to think what other so what other gear did you see or or things that sort of just just from a personal like oh this is cool uh I'd like this, or I'd like to play this, yeah. or, or I've never seen anything like this. Um, I mean, a lot of the drum machines, actually, one of the uh, the new uh, Electron drum machine. Model sampler? Or something? Model, Model samples. samples. Yeah, yeah, that one, um, you know, the knobs were had dedicated parameters that they controlled, so it was really easy to just jump on it, start making a beat, mess around with some parameters. I, I was like, oh yeah, this would be great for a live performance, um, and it would just be fun to mess around on. So I really, when I'm you know, I'm, I'm a beat maker and when I'm, when I'm testing out gear, I look for that intuitive, like, how does this fit into my workflow? Like, am, how quickly am I able to go from inspiration to making something? Um, and they, I, I was with you actually it. when you were playing it and I thought, how does he know that this is the one, you know, this is the one that he likes. Uh, and I remember just seeing you had this like immediate kind of, um, emotional, very natural, emotional reaction to the ease of the experience. Yeah. That was big for me. Yeah. That, so that was that was interesting, and I saw that that model comes with stickers, so you can customize oh, yeah. stickers. I was like, I don't know if that's necessary, but that's so cool. <laughs> Something, yeah. I'm a big fan of stickers. Anytime I can get stickers, <laughs> put them all over my laptop. Or yeah. um, I guess they know their demographic. Then they do. Yeah. What do we see? Um, the the Rolly was also, you know, something that I actually hadn't seen before. And they have a new component as well, right? Yeah, I think it's the it's their blocks that are um, magnetically connected and then um, work working. They're working with GarageBand and Logic kind of in a way that um, Novation was working with Ableton to with the with the push. Um, they're kind of in that same space where like, how can we create a controller that will work with Logic so you don't have to touch the computer you can just work on the on the hardware and so they've actually done a pretty good job with that um they had a cool booth again on, on this they're making squishy computers and or squishy uh, keyboards, keyboards yeah. and then the the drum pads are also kind of squishy so very you, very fun to play with and you're not going to like hurt yourself playing them it's interesting yeah the tactile uh, tactile element it's almost like maybe who knows? Maybe some of this stuff like this was at NAM last year for all we know, since we weren't there. Right. But if you look, you know, step back 10,000 feet um, and look down at it and, and it sounds to me like that's, that's a new phase of how these controllers are evolving and adapting. Um, so the, the other, I guess another new phase, cause we like to talk about kind of like trends in music tectonics, like in the broad sort of um, geologic metaphor kind of terms. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I was interested in is it seemed like there was um, access to some uh, things that used to be more expensive or just too big. A lot of smaller kind of units and things like that. Um, I can't remember the name of the company, but we met somebody who had this device that came out something like 50 years ago, and it's almost like a toy. It's like the size of a cigar box, not to be confused with the company that was making guitars out of cigar boxes. That was <laughs> electric guitars out of cigar boxes that sound really good. But this was like a cigar box size thing that they said that um, 
David Bowie had used 30 or 40 years ago, that Kraftwerk had used like 30, 40 years ago. It sounds like maybe they're coming back. They've got a bigger unit as well. Um, it was over by the um, the Mellotron, but I can't remember the name, the name of the company there. And Mellotron had a nice little booth there, and oh yeah, that, that was cool to see. I saw some excited uh, keyboard players trying those out. Yeah, yeah, there were there, there was a bunch of cool stuff there. I mean, it was like a uh, kind of like being at uh, Willy Wonka's it was. for me anyway. Okay, my most Willy Wonka experience was the Alex Four. Oh yeah, which was like a mega booth, and I guess they're distributing like several different modular and analog synth units and those companies may have been there or not but these two guys german guys with long gray lab coats <laughs> were there <laughs> and i sat down with uh my friend fabian and we were like all right what do we do and they're like just kind of throw an answer at us and we're like no 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 like what do we actually do and we were sitting in front of it actually i think the company's called analog synthesizers and i said should we just unplug everything to start? And they said, sure. And they started unplugging all the wires. I mean, this is one of those analog synths where everything's connected um, via these colorful wires. And they're just, it's a knot of wires. So they start unplugging them. They plug, start plugging them back in, you know, from the oscillator to the, to the filter, to the delay, to all these things, to the folder. Folder? Envelope. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can hear, I was having a blast. We finally, he finally got some sounds going, got a couple of tracks going, and we started just, tweaking the knobs that was a blast and then you just look around and there are all these different devices like that what was that red one the long red one? <laughs> oh, that's the uh the haken audio i think it's the continuum is what it's called but that one's really cool too they have that um set up on a on a basically a long red strip it's kind of like a velvety strip and it's responsive to your touch you can slide along it um you can play it like kind of like a keyboard but it's meant to simulate I don't know if it's meant to simulate anything or kind of just be a totally new way to play. Um, but it was, that was cool too. Yeah. I, I, um, I mean, I played with it a little bit and just found it had a toy like playfulness to it. Like you don't have to get very serious with it. Um, you, you can slide and you can pr use pressure or you can tap and you can do some rhythmical stuff with the tapping as well. But it almost had a, I don't know, something about the construction quality. It didn't seem like it was going to fall apart, but it felt very light. Like it would be, um, I don't know, easy for a kid to play with. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't too serious. Yeah. It was which, cool. Which was kind of cool. I was kind of expecting to see more like AR, VR instruments. I saw a little bit of that. Um, but honestly, more of the stuff was, uh, you know, physically in existence there, not, not on a screen or in a VR, you know, simulation. Yeah, um, the only VR I remember seeing was somebody was demonstrating something about their technology using VR. <laughs> I think yeah. they were actually, the VR wasn't part of it um, itself. There was, there was a VR drummer booth and there was another AR kind of booth where you could see yourself on the screen and you, when you, you know, waved your hand in this direction and it came across the symbol, it would crash the symbol and it would hit the kick drum and stuff. And I think there's a lot of potential in that, in that trajectory. I don't think that we're there yet in a way that um, any any producer would say, oh yeah, that's seriously efficient for me to do that now. But I think that's where it's going and I'm excited for that. Well, you know, we had Sherry Hu on the podcast last episode and when I asked her about VR, she was talking about um, people creating experiences that weren't supposed to mimic experiences in real life, like the move your hand, it hits the symbol, but more like an immersive experience that's totally new that couldn't exist anywhere besides VR. So yeah, which Nam is probably not the right place to see, <laughs> see something like sci-fi like that, where it's like, 
you know, you're going inside a music video basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're interacting with the music video, um, and creating a scene, you know? Um, so, so Nam, yeah, maybe, I mean, there wasn't, yeah, there was nothing quite like that. That was like extreme on the extreme end of we're going to transform what you think music is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if, I mean, if there if it was there, it was more low key and probably in, you know, in a smaller booth because they're they're a startup or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But um, I'm excited for that that trajectory. I think that there's a lot of potential in that area. Um, could be. Yeah. Keep your eye on that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> there were some. I mean, we haven't talked about much software stuff, and there were definitely some uh, cloud-based um, software, cloud-based uh, music creation opportunities, uh, l- libraries, and plugins. Um, I can't remember the name of the company that had pretty large booth where they had loaded in samples of one vocalist mm-hmm. for a whole catalog. You could subscribe to the entire catalog as one vocalist and this keyboard basically turned into either controlling that vocalist or turning it into a, a choir, a chorus of folks. And they had a few different genres of uh, musicians that they, um, vocalists that they had recorded like tons of material and so you might get 400 of these little samples that you could then just turn your keyboard into like an entire vocal experience which was interesting because obviously people have sampled vocals and used them in their keyboards and so forth but to to go to that much depth with one vocalist gave you this library where you're basically playing the singer and uh they did such a beautiful job at it too lots of really cool samples and um and a richness to the to the recording so i don't know it did, it wasn't mind blowing but when you saw somebody enjoying it playing it and creating something instantly it was it was another it was just intriguing to see yeah there's there's a lot of great libraries out there that are getting integrated with some of the hardware stuff um kind of moving in that in the direction of okay, I'm right now, here's the flow. I'm searching for samples online or I'm searching on Splice or TrackLib or one of these other libraries. And then I'm going to download the sample. Then I'm going to import it into my DAW and then I'm going to start working with it. Um, I think they're trying to cut down on that time to where you can actually search for these samples within the DAW, bringing that cloud element into your workspace. So it's just more efficient. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, in that, on that same topic, um, just cloud collaboration. We're seeing more startups and music tech that are kind of focused on, you know, how can we facilitate collaboration through the internet? Maybe, maybe even in real time. So that's kind of where, where that cloud space could move. Um, you know, as 5g mobile kind of becomes a real thing and people are using their phones more for production and people are, you know, microphones are going into mobile devices and be able to record just as well as you could in, in a computer. Um, I think we're going to see more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, it's totally, totally interesting that, that collaborative. And I, I, and I guess, you know, uh, there's such a professional atmosphere at NAMM in the sense that there's so many people that are professionally involved with music making and performance and recording that something that, you wouldn't think they'd necessarily be hinting on based on what you've seen there is that the type of technology that you're talking about really is creating access to more people. You don't have to invest as much in studio time once you have those online collaborative um, tools. And um, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I can't picture Nam getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but if it feels more like 
a Pokemon Go convention or a Comic-Con or something like that. I mean, I think that's that's it's already kind of like borders on that because there's so many musicians that just love to go there. Yeah. Um, but if there are if if music making continues to open up to more and more people, which is kind of ironic when you hear news about guitar companies struggling because people are buying fewer guitars. But then there's these new interfaces that are more um, native to to how how young people are interacting with the world <laughs> through yeah. computers and buttons and knobs and software um, that maybe it could have a potential growth even where yeah. people are going to check out that stuff. Although I don't know that Nam is known for that edge, the edgiest stuff. And again, we kind of had to dig and look around to find some of the, the edgier stuff. But, you know, it might be Moogfest where you go for, for that kind of thing or... What was the one we heard about? Super booth. Super booth. <laughs> what do you like saying? <laughs> Super booth. Just sounds good. That's one. That's in Berlin. That's a like analog synth conference in Berlin that I kept hearing about, and I was like, "That's that's where I need to go." Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we might have to make our way out there. We got to hang with our guys from Hercules. Oh uh, yeah. DJ controllers, uh, which are oriented towards. Kind of like what we were just talking about. It's the newcomers. It's it's not like, hey, I'm going to go and be a professional DJ tomorrow. It's like, hey, I'm a teenager. I've always wanted a DJ. This piece of equipment is small, affordable, and it actually teaches me as I play. It's got lights that show me how to do the beat matching, and, and it can recommend tracks when I, I'm not sure what to play next. Uh, so that was that was cool to see, uh, see Hercules out there. Saw a lot of people playing. Um, making music on their on their equipment while we were there as well. What else did we see? We saw a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, just I got a stack of business cards here from everyone we met. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna overestimate and say there's a hundred here, but it's probably more like sixty or seventy. <laughs> um, there was so there were so many cool companies there. If you're if you're at all interested in the music technology space, Nam is the the go to conference. I think. I mean, based on our first impression this year. I mean, we had a blast there. We, we met a ton of people. Yeah, got I in think touch the, with a bunch of new tech. The one way in which it differs from like Music Biz um, or Meetem, some of the other industry conferences, is that you don't you don't see as many of the kind of the B two B companies like exhibiting or uh, kind of showcasing there as much. You know, some of yeah. the people we work with like Lyric Find and CD Baby and dubset and viva sound they're there um but they're not you know they're they're not kind of the main emphasis because the, there's so much emphasis on on gear there they're probably there making deals or having conversations with mm-hmm. a lot of manufacturers and, and things like that i forgot to mention i got to go over to roland um uh roland and also korg um just to see all their stuff the korg i love the little Korg Volca series. I've got a Volca sampler and I loved seeing like 10 of them all wired together with all the different functions there. A little overwhelming, um, but fun <laughs> just to, just to see. Yeah. That was a popular booth. There were a lot of people there. Yeah. It was cool. It was a cool show. Um, so we'll go back, right? Oh yeah. We're going back. Yeah. There's, so, there's also summer Nam, which is in Nashville in the summer and it's apparently smaller, much smaller, but a lot of the same core players, um, a little more intimate setting cause, cause it's, it's, it's a, it's a, just a smaller expo. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one, that one's a little closer to closer us. to us. Yeah. We could drive there in a few hours. So that might be a thing too. And next week, 
Uh, we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but uh, next week, Jade and I are going to be in New York for the New York Music Tech Meetup, which takes place February 12th, 2019, Tuesday, um, from 7 to 9. Uh, Sherry Hu from Billboard and Forbes will be there. Root Note and Record Me are two other startups that are going to be presenting. Nice. Um, so we're excited to go back there. We went and co-hosted last month. I can't believe it's so fast <laughs> no, we we're just there we we're just there so we'd love to see any of you out there just uh if you want to do a search for new york music tech meetup or on the meetup uh, website it's uh music texter is yes. the uh is the name that our buddy seth uses for running those so so that'll be fun um and would love to hear back from you you can uh tweet us at um rps.pr and let us know what your um nam experiences have been like if uh, you saw you saw some highlights we, di- we didn't try to be inclusive here of everything we saw we were just trying to give you a little flavor of what we saw and also introduce you to jade our new business manager at rock paper scissors who can help you with uh, your pr questions um and uh needs for all the pr we do for music tech companies as well jade anything uh anything else you're looking forward to uh, in march or down the road here yeah yeah definitely i'm um, looking forward to south by southwest um, which I'll be there, I think the 8th through the 16th. So good portion of the interactive and uh, music um, portion of the show or the conference. Um, I've, I've worked it a few years as media, but this will be my first year there as um, Rock, Paper, Scissors. So excited for that. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, Cheryl Woodhouse on our team from Rock, Paper, Scissors, along with Amadea from PEX are going to be co-hosting the Music Tech Meetup. So look for that. I'm sure, Jade, you'll be there. Um, oh, and, yeah. and Cheryl and Amadea will be there. Uh, with We always try to make those meetups very interactive. We want people to walk away meeting as many people as possible. So if you're at South By, come to that meetup. You'll walk away knowing 50 to 100 new people in about an hour. So, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. So k- thanks so much for tuning in to Music Tectonics. Uh, find us at musictectonics.com. Um, you can also find Rock, Paper, Scissors online at rockpaperscissors.biz, B-I-Z. And uh, tell everyone about the Music Tectonics podcast. Um, Shoot us uh, messages about what ideas you have for future shows or any feedback you have. And uh, looking forward to meeting up with you in New York, South by Southwest, and beyond. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jade. It was great having you on. Thanks, Dimitri. You're listening to Music Tectonics.